The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And the winning streak for Glover Teixeira, remarkably, is four. It's not how hard you hit. It's how hard you get hit. Then keep coming forward. Glover Teixeira, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And he's yeah. it's over, Big shots. It's knockout number two in a few weeks. I have to set things up, and then I'm able to land the big shots later on in the fight. Tanner, the bulldozer, Bozer! Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're out of here. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Um, Matt and I are being joined today. We have um, Rashad Evans coming in the room really shortly. He's going to join us for the whole show. Uh, which is great. I haven't talked to Rashad in a long, long time. Uh, we have Tanner Bozer, and of course, we have um, Glover Teixeira fighting Tiago Santos on the main event this Saturday night. Finally, that fight's going to happen. Um, it's the third shot. I think they both tested positive for COVID. All right, so what are we going on? Is Rashad, are you having technical difficulties? Or are you good? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, oh, I'm we're good. Oh, okay, yeah, we're on. Just so you know. We're, we're on. We're... This show is going. I was yeah. going? Oh, oh we're on. Oh. You don't got to put on a different face. This is you. I want to be the true McDanky right now. (laughs) Rashad, I haven't seen you in a while. I think one of the last, well, we hung out since, I think like maybe in a hotel bar or whatever it is. But uh, I I remember one of the, a fond memory of mine is uh, when we did the, uh, the Fox analyst work back in the day, right? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good time. I I remember you, uh, you, you were killing it, but then you couldn't, Stop dropping the F-bomb. <laughs> Just talking free. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. 
Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And he's like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, Rashad, it's not, listen, know what I know, this is what I found out after that, that and I had a good time. That was the second time I did that, that, that uh, the analyst work, right? The, the comment, not the comment, the analyst behind the desk, and I'm telling you right now, I hate it. Jimmy, you hate it. I fuck. I like Rashad. I have a good time with Rashad, but it's so. Oh my! It's everybody. First of all, you guys know I got ADD, so you got the earpiece in, and I, I could be talking to Rashad. And they're like, "All right, rap, rap, rap." Uh, what? what yeah. the, I feel like I got. Uh, I'm hearing voices, and I can't. You can't expect me to read. No, it's not for me, Jimmy. It's not for you. Me. Didn't like it. Yeah, hey Matt, that's that's the most difficult part about the job, though, is because you're trying to convey an idea, and then as you're trying to convey the idea, you're trying to give it to the people genuine, but then you have them in your ear telling you to make it bite size and rap, and you just like you know, it, it just messes up your whole thought pattern when you start saying something, and then you have them in your ear saying something else, you know. And they're uptight. Everybody's uptight. Yeah. Like I mean, even when we're off there, I say, I said, I said, fuck. And they're like, hey, listen, you can't say, wait, we're going to be on too. And they're like, hey, listen, you hear what he said? And hey, oh my God, guys, listen, you got to relax. You got to fucking relax. Yeah, you, you can't take it. It's, it's bad. Like um, like with, with ESPN, you know, because they have their mics open and it's even open in Bristol. So you can't use any profanity at all because they hear it all the time. Yeah, a friend of mine got fired from a gig or, or got was on the path to getting fired from another type of a radio gig because he would always complain about things, not realizing that like even during commercials, they're still hearing you back in the home studio. Like they're still hearing all these things that you're saying and it's like it's yeah. making the people listening uncomfortable and in a corporate environment, you just, you gotta watch it because if you make one person uncomfortable, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, that's, that's the name of the game in a corporate environment. Do you, but do you enjoy the analyst work? Like, do you like doing it? Yeah, I like, I like doing it because I like to bring, um, I like to bring more than just being about the X's and O's. You know, I think that there's a big, huge emotional component that goes into fighting that's kind of overlooked. And, you know, when you look at a fight, it does break down to the X and O's, but ultimately speaking, it's about what you can bring from the inside. And I try to bring that complexion to the fights that I break down. Yeah. X's and O's is wins and losses, not kisses and hugs, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, This is a fight show. I think that was, I thought that X's and O's really meant, you know, technique. I didn't, I didn't think I need to specify what kiss the hug. Where's your mind at, Matt? Where's your mind at? Oh, Rashad, you know I'm a freak. Listen, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, listen, uh, you know what's amazing? UFC doesn't have a lot of, um, like, freak fights like they have in Japan. But I can think of one freak fight. And, I, and you were part of it. It was, it was not you, Jimmy. Sorry, I, I was pointing. I was pointing to Rashad. It was the tough two finale when he fought something, I make jokes that I'm literally up to people's chest. It's not really a joke. I'm sure it's true. But Rashad <laughs> was up to Brad, 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 Brad Imes. Who'd you fight in the tough finale? Yeah, Brad Imes. Brad, Brad, Brad Imes, Brad Imes was, yeah. was a giant. Well, I mean a giant. How tall was he? Six eight, six seven? What was what was he? Yeah, he was he was every bit of like six foot seven, six foot eight, and like two fifty, like massive. I remember, I remember when I first grabbed a hold of him and like he, he swang me around. I knew at that moment I made a mistake because I didn't really lift any weights and I didn't really dive in a physical aspect of just getting big as hell for that, that fight. I 
thought I'd be able to just beat him with the hands. And the minute he grabbed me, I knew it was a mistake, man. He just ragdolled me. I remember thinking, like, I can't fight heavyweight, man. There's no way. Well, you won. It yeah, worked I out. Did. I did. It, it did, man. It did. I had a tiger that fight. It looked awesome. It looked awesome because of the size difference. It made it even better. I was there live. It was so great. Jimmy. Jimmy, you got to see that fight. He was up to his waist. It was fucking ridiculous. And not one, what do you think of guys jumping weight? There's a lot of guys that have jumped weight in the last few years. Some are doing really well. Some have had a hard time. Um, you know, and again, an example, Adesanya coming up to fight Jan Blachowicz, um for the light heavyweight championship. I bet you John Jones is very annoyed that he's not a part of that because that would have been a huge fight, Jones against Adesanya. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it would have been a huge fight. But you know what, though? I think that... Um, I think that John Jones, he needed to change up because he was kind of getting very bored at 205. Yep. And because he was getting bored at 205, he was getting less creative in there. And you've seen those guys just nipping at his heels and those matches getting a lot closer. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was just not finding himself challenged at that weight class. I mean, Izzy, could have, Izzy coming up could have uh, been that boost that he needed, but... I think he needs to go up, and I think he re needs to reignite that fire that he has. And I think that's what going up the heavyweight does. It gets him lifting weights again. It gets him excited again. It gets him a new goal. Now, after he conquers the heavyweight, if he does, then he can drop back down to 205. Like, okay, now I'm the new John Jones. Yeah, you're right. It's been His last three fights have been uh, decisions, and two of those guys are guys that moved up um, in Santos and uh, – and Anthony Smith. So yeah, maybe he was just getting uh, a little bit bored. Or maybe when you're fighting for so long and you get a target on your back for so long, people just kind of figure out how to how to to go along with you or figure out how to not lose to you. Maybe that's the disadvantage to having been a champion for so long. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I think I think it was a little bit of that, you know, just uh, people understanding what he's going to do. Like when he touched the inside of the leg, you know, he's coming with the elbow and everything like that. You know, when, when you're a guy like John Jones and your primary game is being creative, you always got to keep on putting new tools in a toolbox or guys will figure you out. Rashad, what about you now? You're, 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 you're retired. Is that correct? Or am I assuming that? Because I don't want to assume. Right. Yeah. I don't want to make an ass out no. of anybody. No, I'm, I'm retired. I'm retired right now. And just, uh, just, just training. You know how it is though. Like I'm, I'm feeling in great shape and everything like that, but I'm going to be honest, you know, training in the gym and getting in shape and training along with everybody else is totally different than getting in the cage and fighting. And you know that as well, you know? I mean, it's just a different kind of savagery when it comes to just fighting. And um, I'm, I'm content to just train. But, I mean, if opportunity comes, I may be able to get grizzly one, one, time, one more time. Yeah. It, it does, you know, as you get a little bit older, it does, I mean, even just with these fights, you know what amazes me? Is when I see guys like um, Kevin Holland, that's able to fight like almost every, like every three weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, I know. Because I was so, I was so anal with having to peak at the right time. And, and, and like, I might be feeling like shit now, but in a few weeks I feel better. And I'm going through the up and down of a training camp. These guys literally don't have training camps. So it's, and now Kamzat's another one, but I'm saying Kevin Holland, cause he's been fighting more of the, the harder competition and whatnot. And he's been consistent and looking phenomenal doing it. What do you think? Were you you were? What do you think about that? Uh, what about guys like that? They could just take the fight every three weeks. That's a special type of guy. It it is a special guy, kind of guy. You know, speaking to uh, Kevin Holland, um, you know, when we we're uh, in Vegas a few weeks ago, 
you know, he's one of those guys who just mentally just on a plane of just wanting to fight everybody. You know, he wants to fight everybody. And that's just that young buck mentality where you just want to go out there and just, you know, prove yourself and see that you're tough against everybody. But I think that mentality of just fighting people, it kind of makes fighting what it's truly about. Like when I was fighting, when I first started fighting, I started fighting out in tournaments. You know, I was fighting three, four guys in a night. And for me, I, I, I enjoyed fighting because I didn't make too much of a bigger deal in the production about it. It was just like going there and I fight and whatever happens, happens. But as I started moving up in the professional ranks and started having more success, you know, then competing to me became much more of a mental thing for me. And, and that's when it became a lot harder. So I do think that there is, you know, some, some benefits of just fighting and making fighting about fighting and not getting caught up in the production of fighting. But at the same time, you do need those times where you sit back and make it about one particular fight and about harnessing yourself for just one, one, one guy that's a tough guy. When, when you retired, uh, did you know this is going to be my last fight or was it at the end of it? You're like, yeah, maybe I should stop. And, uh, how difficult of a decision is that to make? It was a real difficult decision for me. I mean, I lost my last five fights and I was like, you know, I, I, I was I was having, you know, ideas in my mind that maybe I'll be able to, you know, write my ship and be able to, you know, start to feel the way I felt before when I was dominant. But it just never uh, it just never came back for me. And even when my last fight happened, when I got knocked out by Anthony Smith, I was feeling like, you know, um, I can keep on going because physically I felt like I could have kept going. But at the same time. Like I just didn't have that 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 fire, that same kind of that same kind of passion that you see in the Hamza and, and the Kevin Holland. And I knew those are the guys that are gonna, gonna, gonna be competing against. You know, if you can't match that intensity, you know, wanting to fight everybody, then fighting is not the right business for you. And I felt and I had to really assess that. But coming to that point was a hard, uh, hard decision for me because for me, I've always been the top dog. Like fighting for me came, it came so easy. You know, I remember when I fought. Glover Teixeira, I think that was the first time I felt like that cloak of invincibility starting to come down. You know, I remember feeling like uh, after the fight happened, I, I did an interview and I talked about how, how fighting used to come so easy for me and, and how I was just struggling with it now. And um, I think that was the first time I really started to understand that there was a side of fighting that... Um, that, that I was missing. Yeah, I guess it is those things where you feel like, wow, I'm not invincible anymore. Because we've talked a lot about Tyron Woodley and uh, he just hasn't looked like himself, uh, I even in his face, in between rounds. You know, you, you, and again, I'm not a fighter, but you can still see when somebody is having doubt sometimes on their face. And I wonder if that's what's happening to him, too. Um, Jimmy, are you saying that he's falling in and out of love with the fight game? No, Rashad, but that would have been an heard. excellent tie into his music. <laughs> Rashad, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard the hit single? From Tyrone Woodley, in and out of love. I've heard it. You know what? My well, son was singing it. I messed around and was listening to it on my IG, and then he heard it and he just couldn't stop singing it. Listen, it's catchy. It is a catchy little hit, man. How does it go, Rashad? Falling in and out of love, falling in and out of love with you, falling in and out of love, falling in and out of love with you. Right, falling in and out of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy's gonna leave us. Jimmy, why? No, I enjoy Matt. When I'm when when you're singing it happy, I'm happy. That's all I need is for you to sing and be happy. I can't. I can't wait to that single drops. Okay, 
When is it? We've been hearing about it. When is this happening, Matt? You know. I, I, I don't know anything. You know, I gave him some time after the last fight. I didn't want to call him up right after saying, hey, when's that shit dropping? Yeah. But I'm going to get on him after this because there's enough of the morning period. He should be right now hey, chopping fucking logs with listen, an I, hills and getting that song out. Hey, I'm telling you, listen, all his other songs may have not did anything for me, but that song right there, that song makes me smile, man. I think that's a little hit on the love. <laughs> The hits literally keep on coming. From one MMA event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. This weekend is no different with two of the sport's most respected fighters stepping into the octagon this weekend. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than DraftKings, an official partner of the UFC. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new users a free shot at $1,000 in total prizes. Now, if you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA, it's easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion since 2012. That's $7 billion. So they know a thing or two about a big payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code UNFILTERED to get a free shot at thousands of dollars in total prizes for this weekend's contest. That's promo code UNFILTERED to get a free shot at thousands of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at a historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate. Equal housing lenders subject to credit approval. Savings, if any, vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS Hey, Glover. What's up, Glover? How are you feeling, champ? Good? Feeling great, man. Feeling uh, amazing, you know, uh, ready to go, baby. Hey, man. They say you're only as good as your last fight, so you uh, that was amazing. So you should be <laughs> feeling amazing. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you tested positive at one point. How, how bad was it for you? Um, was it uh, was it really? Did it, were you bedridden or were you okay? Uh, no, when I tested, it was um, I you know we tested for UFC was a week before the fight, week and a half, you know, and um, I felt uh, good, but like uh, when I think when I, I, it's all like in my mind, I didn't I didn't feel anything, you know, it was a, you know running nose a little bit, but uh, um, really it's like. Because to, to, then I find out I have the, the the positive test. I went to the basement in my in my house and I just stayed there for like three days. So I felt a little bit tired when I tried to work out, but uh, um, felt a little bit weird, you know, like oh man, you know, it's like maybe this thing is to really uh, get to you. Maybe it was a good thing they cancel, you know. But maybe it's because of it's in mind too, you know. I don't know. You must be. Uh, you're. I mean, are you amazed at this point in your career? Like you, you and, and Tiago are fighting, and uh, Reyes has already fought uh, uh, Jan. So depending on what happens with Jan 
and Israel Adesanya, you could literally be fighting for uh, a, a, the next shot. Um, yeah, man. You know, this is a, a big fight. Um, I'm just glad to be here and fight uh, Thiago Marreta. Uh, you know, you know, people in Brazil they're not so happy about it. You know, because they. Uh, you don't like when Brazilian fights and other Brazilians. They, uh, but uh, it's part of the game. I'm just glad that we are at the top of, of the game, top in the UFC, you know, number three, number four. We're just going to go over there and uh, do our best. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, too much. Uh, it could be a chance to fight for the title, yes, you know. There's a possibility that that'd be great. Glover, let me ask you. You're fighting with uh, Anthony Smith. What a, what a, what a great, amazing fight what, what perseverance you showed and you had to weather a storm in that first round because anthony smith wasn't so patient he came out there he was looking phenomenal but he was putting everything on you looking like he was really just trying to get you out of there early when when you were in the midst of that you have so much experience were you thinking oh like all right this guy's got too much of his foot on the gas he will he'll burn out later or were you just in the let me just survive this shit and See how he comes out next round. I mean, what, what was your thought at when he was coming at you so hard? Because he's normally a lot more patient. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just, uh, you know, he stopped punching. I uh, stopped moving my head. Uh, it was not, not in the punch. It was in connecting, you know, uh, 100%. I was, I was wrong with the punches. Um, and I was not feeling the punches to be like, oh, shit, this guy's hitting hard, you know. Uh, but I knew he was, he, he was going to come out strong. And I was just... Uh, Keep moving and keep the pressure going. You know that was my uh, my thing. I, I you know at that time I was just um, at the at the first round. Yes, I was, was um, he was moving a lot, so it was I had a little bit trouble to find uh, the distance. You know, but uh, later on that's what sort of, you know the the, the planning going to to the later rounds. You know, yeah. Uh, as of right yeah. now, as I think my style is like taking the guys to the later rounds. Uh, it's my game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, Glover, you, you, uh, you're, for, you're 41 years old, man, with over 40 professional fights. I mean, what's been your secret to maintaining your body and your spirit? I mean, I know what it's like getting up there and still competing with these young guys. How do you do it? Yeah. Hey, man, the, uh, the love for the sport, man, you know, um, it, it's one of those things. I just got to listen, open your mind uh, and learn, you know, be humble and learn with uh, with everybody, you know. Uh, no, yeah. don't think like, uh, um, you know, this is work and this is the, it, you know what I mean? Just like I think, um, and the PI, and the, I was training too much, man, for a while, you know, hurting my body and beat up my body too much. But now um, I think I'm uh, more uh, smart about it, you know, and not training crazy and beat up my body so much during the training and, uh, you know, because we have, you know, Richard, we have the experience, like you say, the experience is there, man. We don't need to kill ourselves and and go at it. They spar every day, wrestle the next day, spar Monday, wrestle Tuesday, uh, jiu-jitsu Wednesday, spar Thursday, you know what I mean? We don't need to yeah. do those things. So I think that's one of the big things that right now keep my body and conditioning and keep the diet, you know, and all balanced, right? Yeah. Hey, speaking of being humble and a nice guy, Glove is such a nice guy. I I I, I don't know if, what round it was. Maybe it's the fifth round. I remember in that Anthony Smith fight when you you were you were laying down a beating on him on the floor, and you actually was like, "Oh man, I'm." I forgot exactly what you said, but it was along the lines of, "It's only business. I'm sorry." 
<laughs> and Anthony's like, ah, it is what it is. <laughs> Fucking poor <laughs> guys underneath. I mean, what can he actually say back? What is, do you remember what you said to him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anthony is a great guy, man. You know, <laughs> I, uh, we used to joke around a uh, uh, time before, you know, we get to fight. And, and some guys, I think, um, some guys, I think they get nervous when they're going to fight you. So they kind of like, uh, you know, most of the fighters, most of the fighters are, are very nice people, very humble people. I tell that all the time in my gym for the kids, you know. We have a lot of kids right now. And I say that, and I say, you know, you see some guys acting a little, you know, a little weird there. But when you get to meet them, they promoting fights and stuff. When you get to meet them, they, most of the people are very nice. And Anthony is like, one of the, the greatest guys in the sport, man. Yeah, uh, I, I know that he, he, he given the referee, right, something. He called the referee something. So I thought it was something in his gloves first. Then I stopped punching. I don't know if you uh, – I'm kind of like looking all confused, you know, like why he calling the referee? He's stepping, you know, he's – you know. Then he's like, here, my tooth falls out. And I was like, oh, shit, man, that sucks, you know. And uh, I just apologize. Hey, man. <laughs> Oh, it's part of the job. Uh, it was a funny moment because it was very uh, organic and it was just, it showed your personality in there. Because you, even though you're such a nice guy, you can't let up because then all of a sudden you're going to get your ass kicked. So it's, it's a, hey man, we know what we signed up for, but I just thought it was a very, um, yeah. it, was, it was a nice moment in there. It, I yeah. liked it, you know, compared to all the shit talking. Man, it's you know? a, Happens in the training room too. Like we 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 go out, you know, you go out with somebody and you start sparring and throw bombs and you in the coach may may yell or something. Hey, well, okay, okay, you know. And then you like uh, you kind of have that heat, and then later on, you know, that's your buddy, man. That's your best friend, you know. And just like it's a fight, you know. And how's the school going? With all, I know you you know you're a jujitsu man. I know you have a nice school in Connecticut, correct? Yes. Is it is it surviving this shit? Oh man, yeah. I mean, we who is like crazy, man. You know, right now it's like it's the problem is like going up. You know, toward this, uh, um, what to call um, uh, 70, 75% capacity. Now we're going back to fifty. It's uh, it's tough because. But right now I'm I'm I'm. I'm a, because I don't have a big place. I think we have like a seven or maybe, you know, close to 8,000 square feet. I'm like, I have to say no to people. <laughs> you know, it's as crazy as it is. I never want, you know, but like I have to say, guys, put your name in the li- uh, on, the, on the line over here. We call you because right now we can't, some of the classes we can't have, you know, that much people. So, have to say no to new students, man. Sucks. Yeah, it's hard. When you when you started, did you, how long did you plan on doing this for? I mean, you, you know, you you start out as a fighter. You, did did you think you're going to be fighting into your forties, or did you think like ah, I'll do this for a few years and then find something else? No, I didn't. No, I don't. Nobody thinks that way, man. No, like when you you know twenty years old, twenty three, you know, you think it just like. I don't know, 35, you know, but you're looking guys later, you know, it just motivates you, you know, uh, like Randy Couture was one of the guys that uh, I look up to him and I say, look at this guy, man, he's freaking 45 years old. And now you see uh, Anderson Silva, you know, and there's something that uh, I love it too, you know, um, 
and do well. I mean, I've been doing well in a fight. Like uh, you, you guys see my last uh, a couple fights, you know, and and feel great and and enjoy the training, enjoy this. Yeah, I'm enjoying everything, man. UFC, I'm enjoying um, being here and uh, be part of this. You know, um, I don't know how long I'm going. You know, to be honest, man, I tell people all the time. I'm I, I live a very simple life you know after john's fight i bought my house um you know and i never really wanted to you know to i make some, uh, uh, the gym is going great so i don't need like uh, i'm not fighting for money i'm fighting for for fun for love you know and you know well, money is good you know to buy a whatever an extra uh, beach house somewhere you know it's, it's great but uh, i'm not in that position they're like Oh man! Any time that I don't want to do this anymore, my body still, you know, start hurting. I have the gym to to take care. I have the gym she's gonna take care, you know, of me. I know, you know, the gym is is doing great. So it's just uh, I'm just gonna keep fighting. So I don't know. Let's see, you know, time yeah. will tell. Hey, now that now that John is out of the weight class, when you look at the light heavyweight division, like what do you see? Did it like reignite your fuel? Did you say, okay, now that he's out of the weight class, let me see what I can do? Like, what was your main thoughts when he when he vacated his belt? Uh, you know, I, I I really don't think too much of those things, Richard. You know, like um, you see what happened. Now they want to. I I'm thinking like, man, the present moment, man. I'm like right here, right now. The next guy. Before I used to, before I was like all over the place, you know, looking at Instagram, like, oh, this guy, I can't believe this guy is gonna, you know, it's gonna fight. Uh, but like right now, I'm, uh, I, like I say, I'm just enjoy every day, enjoy every fight. Uh, for me, uh, the question, answer that question, right? For me to be fighting at 40 or whatever, 39, and what I did, every fight is an extra, you know what I mean? Every fight is a, uh, so next to fight, I'm doing over there, and I'm just enjoying the fight. I'm not at the light heavyweight division right now. Yes, I uh, beating uh, Thiago. I think Brokovich uh, uh, would be a, a great matchup for me. The way they style, you know, he's a guy that's gonna go over there and, and, and punch, and of course, gotta respect the power. But the ground is there. My takedowns, you know, it's open for my takedowns because the style is is different. It's, it's a little bit better to fight him than John Jones for sure. You know, John Jones is tall, linky, and um, weird guys to fight. You know. Were you surprised at how Blahovich turned out against Reyes? Uh, did you see it going that way, or, or were you surprised that that was how it happened? I was surprised. Yeah, I, uh, I had, I had, I, I told before. I say Reyes gotta move, and you gotta respect that power, and. Um, because you know Blokovic, he's gonna throw bombs. But like, um, I, I thought Ray was gonna win. But when I saw the first minute of the fight, I say Blokovic is gonna beat. He's gonna beat this guy. <laughs> I saw the first minute of the fight, and I just saw the way. It weird the way Ray was like acting during the, um, the the fight week and uh, and the day of the fight. You know, if he's just too, I think he's too overconfident, you know? And then everybody thought he beat John. A lot of people thought that, I should say. Yeah, I thought he won. Yeah, so that's why he's walking around like that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's, a, you know, people say that Thiago beat John too, you know, like a lot of Brazilians. 
but it's a different fight, man. It's a different fight. John Jones is going over there. He's like a, you know, great fighter, you know, but he's not a, he doesn't look to finish fights. He's a champion. He's like, a, he avoid the punches and he's not looking to finish fights. It's a, it's a different fight, you know? So how do you think John's going to do at heavyweight going up there with those bigger guys? You know, he's got to, He's going to have to go in there and uh, take some big shots to those big guys. How do you think he's going to fare, though? You know, I heard, I heard he's going to fight um, a Francis Ngannou, man. It's a, you know, it's a tough fight for everybody, right? That guy is a monster. He's a beast. But, uh, um, you know, John Jones got a chance, man. He's very, you know, his IQ, fighting IQ is very uh, high, you know, and uh, he can avoid the punches and and he can, if he can keep the kicks and he, he can keep the Francis out of him for the first round and a half or two rounds, I think he can beat him, you know? But uh, <laughs> it's, you know, that guy is just come at, at you, man. I don't know. I think John is, he's going to do good uh, whatever weight he fights, you know, because he's a great fighter, but... Uh, it's just a, a different dimension, you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like it's, it, it, to stay away from Francis, it seems like you really have to avoid everything, especially since John is, like you said, it's not really finishing people. He's just kind of, he's winning decisions, which is great. But against a guy like Francis, uh, it's kind of hard to stay away for five rounds and not catch anything. Yeah, I think first couple rounds, yeah. But like later on, I think uh, Francis would probably, yeah, this is, my, this is my point of view. This is my thinking, you know. Francis might guess out, you know, because uh, John Jones is like a – he's not a combination guy, but he's uh, – he keep touching, uh, man. He's nice stopping. You know, he's a leg. He's a front kick to the body. He's, he's constantly make you think. I have a guy right now that is just a fight a similar to John Jones, uh, different, but the way he – the way he put the pressure, uh, uh, Alex Poitain, Alex Pereira, the, the glory champion. Mm. <clears throat> that guy, man, he just keep going and keep punching. He's jabbing, he's kicking, he's punching. He's he's a violent punchy pop pop, and and that and that take a lot of energy out of you. Man. And like Lovis said, you know, he doesn't have to totally gas out. He's, I don't think those punches are going to be as explosive. I think this is your point too, Glover. As it went yeah, yeah. round, and maybe in the third or fourth round, they'll be that much off those punches. So it's not like he's going to get touched and just put to sleep where right. that opening bell when he's just coming in like that tornado. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, yeah, I don't know, but Jones is like, Jones used to go fight. I mean, he fought Gustav, so he's the same um, uh, height, you know. I, I think yeah. Francis up there, man, with the link, right? He's up there like uh, the same uh, height as John Jones. If he maybe a little smaller, but you know his link of uh, a punch is way uh, bigger than the, the the light heavyweight guys. You know, yeah. Uh, he's probably six four. I think. Uh, you know, I, I I train with him a little bit. Not not nice part, but uh, you know, we do condition PI. This guy's is like I'm like whoa, yeah, <laughs> heavyweight. You know. John's been doing a lot of jujitsu as well, so that's interesting. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited, you know, to watch him fight uh, the heavyweight. Uh, it's weird, though. You know, my point of it, I think if you fight um, uh, Miocic, you know, I think you, uh, I think he can beat him. You know, I think Francis is more challenged for Jones. Ah, just because uh, the explosion, you know, I think the explosion he can catch uh Jones in, uh, in the earlier rounds, man, uh, and hurt him, you know? 
and um, Miocic is not a very explosive guy. Yeah. Do you know who he's going to fight, or, or or who are they speculating he's going to fight first? Who? Uh, Jones. I think I don't know. I think they. I heard they was going to fight Francis, but uh, I I don't know. I'm just you know, just talking about. I, he probably going to fight one of the, those two guys, right? The top guys, right? Because, uh, I mean, if, if you think about it, uh, I think. Uh, Miocic is not going to fight right now, I, I heard. He's, you know, he's going to take some time off. And, uh, and Francis is on the line. And John Jones move up to fight. Uh, he's not going to fight uh, lower guys in the rank, you know. Oh, shoot, man. Well, I know you're fighting Diego Santos. That's all I know. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Stop talking about John for a little bit, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, Santos was so amazing, too, because we found out that he had uh, – didn't he have two bad knee injuries in that fight, too? Uh, his last fight with John, like he, he was doing really effective kicking him in, in the first round. And I don't think I'd seen Jones neutralized like that with leg kicks. Um, and unfortunately he got hurt because he, he looked really incredible, in that, especially in that first round. And, and the fact that he made it through the whole fight was as impressive as, as his first round. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hurt his knee and, uh, uh, I mean, who knows if he, if he was injured before they already, you know, but, um, yeah, uh, and he's explosive, man. He's a he's another guy there. He, he going over there, I have to be smart in the first first couple rounds. He's smart all the time. He can't sleep in a, in a five round fight, not a second, you know. But uh, is it, it, just an um, explosive guy that um, you have to be careful and and be patient, and uh, eventually my game will come out, you know. Now, now he he's an ATT guy, and you. Our ATT guy or we're ATT guy per proxy. Now, have you guys crossed paths before, trained with like partners? Have any kind of familiarity outside of, you know, this uh, chance meeting or what? Yeah, I mean, we tra- we never trained really together. I mean, he was a uh, when when I was training ATT, he was fighting one eighty five. So he's fighting. He's just training with the different guys. So ATT, so many guys. We uh we are kind of like I have the groups, you know, they go a different time. I was trained with uh, Steve Marco and, uh, Kai, you know, a couple other guys, Kyle. And I have my, my group over there. And uh, he was trained with a couple guys that uh, he weight class over there. But um, then I trained over here, the PI. He was he was recovering from from uh, injury too. That was before John's fight. Uh, he's, he, him and John's. And uh, he just saw me training. We talk about it. I talk with his coaches. You know, friend, you know, friendly man. It's nothing like uh, nothing crazy, man. But I never really trained with him or nothing. You know. All right, Glover. Well, good luck this uh, this Saturday. This is a fight where we're happy it's finally happening. Uh, for a while, it's one of these fights that just keeps getting scheduled and not happening. And there's, uh, I know you're not thinking past this fight, but there's there's definitely huge title implications or title shot implications to this fight, um, especially if if uh, Jan. Uh, retains the belt so um you know good luck and um look forward to this saturday night and it's good talking to you thank you man appreciate it now rashad how are you when you do fight as a fighter you get that that excitement of, of the fight so i know when i stopped fighting after like a few months i'm like I, you get like an itch of ah, what am i what am i doing i i should be talking to joe silver right now and seeing who I have. I, I'm used to the cycle that I was doing for over a decade and whatever. Just so 
was it weird when a few months went by and you're like, all right, I'm there's nothing coming up. What am I? Yeah, it, it was it was it was very weird. You know, I mean, like as you're saying, you know, I, I marked my time in, in in the year just by how many fights I'll do and how many camps I'll be in that year. And uh, it was weird when that year was going by and nothing was happening. You know, I just kind of felt very incomplete because as you know like every single fight's a fight but it's also a, a spiritual test in a sense you know what i'm saying you get to see how how uh you get to test your valor again test your gut you know see what you're really made of and not having that gut check test was, was hard for me to deal with at first but i kind of found my balance man you know uh you know i started to uh dive deeper into myself you know i dived into uh understanding myself with, with uh, you know, with the psychedelics and even just the meditation, but just understanding where, where, where that feeling would come from, you know, why I just couldn't be complete and, and not, and, and be without fighting. But it was a process, man. And um, I still feel that way sometimes, but I, I coach guys now. So that kind of helps alleviate some of that pressure. Before I forget, what did you say on Rogan about twisting your nipples before fights? Uh, <laughs> I, I have to ask about that because before I forget. Yeah, so um, I would get so nervous about fighting, right? And I and I would just make it much bigger than what it was. So one thing I would try to do is I would just try to make it fun and try to just like embarrass myself. So then that way I just wouldn't have to think about, you know, the fear of embarrassing myself anymore. So I would just go and just do one of the most embarrassing things, like twist my nipples on TV and just act kind of corny. But then once I did that, it kind of allowed me to just, be free and not and not be uh and not think about you know not be so much in my mind allow me to just get into my character allow sugar to come out <laughs> oh allow sugar to come out by doing allow that. sugar to come out yeah that, that's that's that brought sugar out right there yeah <laughs> yeah i love a good nipple tweak to be honest yeah. it, 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 it's a, you know, <laughs> so you end up embarrassed you want you say nothing is more embarrassing than this nah this i, I would go like this i go like this and do that you know what i'm saying and just kind of embarrass myself and then once i did that i was like all right, I'm ready to fight now. Me and Longo. <laughs> I was going to go too far. I was gonna yeah. say, me and Longo were going to one-up you, and I was going to go out there and start just fingering my ale. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Come on, man. <laughs> Rashad, be professional. Come on. Hey. Field. Get yourself together. <laughs> anyway and you mentioned embarrassment too like i always i, I ask fighters that too because a lot of times in a real life situation my fear of fighting is a lot of times based in the embarrassment of losing as opposed to getting hit so you would feel something like that too like uh you didn't want to be embarrassed yeah i would feel like man i, I don't want to get embarrassed that that was that was basically it you know the world is watching you i wouldn't really think about uh getting knocked out. I mean, that would be one way to get embarrassed, but <laughs> I just wouldn't really think about it. You know, I just would, I would think of something else, but I was like, man, I just don't want to get embarrassed or do something embarrassing. So I would just take the sting right out of it. You know, this sport, anybody that's been in this sport long enough is going to be embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, we were just get about, this is what I was going to bring up before with, uh, with uh, Dominic Reyes. And uh, I think Glover said that he said he, he was walking around and he, he was kind of like, he, almost like he had his chest out. Like he was almost too confident only in this sport where he never really got hurt before. Yep. So you go from feeling that, never tasting defeat, and then literally getting your nose on the other side of your fucking face. Because I was there like that motherfucker. He took that thing and brought it back. But that thing was a question mark, Rashad. So he went from never being touched. Look, look at Ben Askren. Never, hardly ever getting touched to one of the worst chaos of all chaos time. ever. 
Me and that damn back fist with Shoney that still still pops up now and then. I got that shit. Hey, hey, Rashad, I got the embarrassment out right away. I, I'm telling you. The first guy to get back fist with a guy uh, wearing Speedos, you're dressed like a pig. <laughs> doesn't get worse than that, you know? But, I mean, w- w- with Dom, you know, we've we seen the same thing happen in Gustafson. You know, after he had that win, a, a close fight with John Jones, yeah. it's almost like a hangover you get after you fight John Jones. And, and uh, you know, uh, you've seen it with Dom, you know, because so many people pumping his tires, telling him that he won that fight, and him just buying into the hype and just believing that he was uncrowned champion, you know, that, that'll definitely get you beat, you know, thinking that you beat somebody before you actually did. There's no other way to, you know, get into the cage and be like, okay, wow, this guy's a lot better than I thought. And boom, he is harder than I thought. And next thing you know, so it's too late after that. Plus, Uzdemir, uh, if I remember correctly, I, th- I remember thinking that uh, if Uzdemir, I thought, beat Reyes. Uh, and they gave Reyes the decision. That was a very right. close fight. If I remember correctly, it was a split decision. I might be remembering that wrong. But I guess, is it hard to fight a guy after Jones also just because of, of who he is. I mean, you're fighting the champion and you're fighting the guy who's considered one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. Is it hard to psych yourself up to get as motivated for the next guy? Oh, absolutely. After, absolutely. After I fought Jones, I fought Little Nog and it was just, you know, I lost the next fight and it was just, you know, mentally I just couldn't bring myself to, 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 to pump myself up for the fight, you know, um, you know, especially coming from the fight with John Jones, that fight was a heated fight. It had a lot of emotions to it. And there's a lot of hype around it, too. So when you're coming from that stage, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, now I got to compete on this stage, you know? And um, it's, it's like one of those things that, like, after you've climbed to the top, it, it takes a while to just um, to, to, to refocus and reset your goals because you have to reset your goals because you've already you've already tasted what you didn't think that you would taste before. So now you have to reset your goals right. and recalibrate your mind to to chase it again. And some people don't do that. I'm amazed by how many guys lately. And Matt and I talked about this last week. We don't know what's happening with Habib. Is he vacating the belt? Is he not? Cejudo vacated the belt. Jones vacated the belt. And now you have, uh, I think Connor has vacated his belt back when he did. And now you have uh, possibly Adesanya. Not vacating it, but moving into another division. I'm amazed by how many guys are jumping around and not just staying. And and I wonder if it's the same thing, if they feel there's not as many big money fights uh, in the division they're in, or if they figure they can go out and get a bigger name somewhere else. I'm just fascinated with how many guys are doing this lately. Yeah, I think, you know what it is? I think that, uh, you know, we're in the air of the big money fight, you know, and Conor McGregor kicked that off. But, yeah. you know, a lot of other fighters definitely followed along with just understanding that, you know, you get these big blockbuster fights and you can cash in on it and, uh, you know, solidify yourself as a huge name and then continue to get these blockbuster paychecks. And that's what, you know, you see what happened with, with Habib. You know, after that fight with Connor, Habib just went to a different stratosphere as far as, you know, uh, what he demands for a pay-per-view and, and everything else like that. So, you know, you, you take Israel Adesanya, who's already must-see TV, and especially by his last performance with Paulo Costa, you put him at 205 and he has another performance like that, we have a guy that can, you know, that, that's, that, that's rivaling Conor, Conor McGregor, you know? Yeah, I think that's a dangerous fight for him, though, Jan. I, I think uh, because Jan is, you know, a, a kind of a quieter guy, I think, uh, I think people sleep on Jan a little bit, even if they don't think they're going to sleep on him. And, and I think, like you said, Reyes did. And I think uh, Blahovich is much more dangerous uh, for Adesanya than uh, a lot of people are going to expect him to be. Yeah, I totally agree, man. He has some uh, sneaky 
good punches. You know, he has this one punch in particular where he throws this right uppercut. And sometimes you really can't see it because he disguised it really well the way he comes forward. But that joker hits, and when it hits, it gets everybody up out of there, man. And that's one of those punches that you see on film, but it's a very underwhelming punch on film. But when it's live, it's just something else, and he and he catches everybody with it. Yeah, he's the guy that people didn't see coming in a way because, again, he's not the, the most vocal guy or verbal guy, and now all of a sudden he's the champion. And I, and I think a lot of people are going to be uh, – I think it's a lot of people are going to be surprised by him. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for him. I like him a lot. And uh, Adesanya, well, that's a big jump uh, from 185 to, to 205 to fight a guy like that. I, I don't know why he's doing it. I mean, I know why, but I mean, I, I, I just... Why not? It's exciting. I was kind of confused, though. Like, when he announced it, like, he, he did it on the, uh, the post-fight show, and the way he talked about it, you know, uh, I ain't trying to sh throw no shade on Jan, but he was talking about a selling out the radio stadium and all that. And, I, and the way he was talking about a selling out these, you know, the, these arenas and, and, you know, if the crowds come back and it beat the 57,000 that he, he had in Australia. But I don't think that fight with Jan to do that. I mean, if he was fighting John Jones, now that right there is definitely a gate buster. But for a fight with Jan, I just don't see it. Unless it's because of the fact that he's going to be, a, he wants to be a double champion. Like the idea of the belt is what might get people in as opposed to Jan fighting another light heavyweight. Um, that might do it. Just the idea that Israel is going for you know, another belt, maybe. But yeah, yeah. Jones is a much bigger fight. Man, we're not figuring that shit out now, but listen to this. Know what I'm excited about? Hiron Woodley's song. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm asking if I'm excited about my virtual reality. Like, uh, but what I'm really excited about, I heard that the Ultimate Fighter is coming back. Yes. Yeah. Rashad. Yes. You mentioned earlier, Jimmy goes, you and Rashad, wow, you were both not only champions, but you were the Ultimate Fighter champion. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, don't embarrass me, but yes, we were, Rashad. Ultimate Fighter did a lot for us, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, man. Come absolutely, on. man. Absolutely. I mean, Ultimate Fighter was was the the stomp, was my molding ground. I mean, my, my career followed so much in my ultimate fighter experience it was crazy and i felt as if like that ultimate fighter experience you know really seasoned me to get ready for what, what the uh ufc had to offer me and people knew you already you were already people yeah liked you or disliked you whatever it is they got to know you from that show i was i i seen the i seen both sides of it rashad yeah i was already in the ufc and then i see you guys on the show and you're getting more of attention than us like a lot and i don't want to act like a jealous kid but i was like what the fuck, man? I'm sitting here getting punched by BJ Penn and this and that. This guy's just jump on the scene. They do a reality show. So the guys that have been around Jimmy were, they were maybe taking a little couple, couple of sips of the haterade. A little, a little jealous. Yeah, a little jealous. A little jealous. Um, I mean, when we came into the UFC, it was, it was like we had a bullseye on our back. Those guys really yeah. wanted to take our heads off. And, and we knew it, man. We had to rise to the occasion and uh, we, we were ready for it, man. We, we came into that ready to uh, really prove our worth. And, and for me, I was just trying to follow what Forrest Griffin did. You know, whatever Forrest did, I was like, I always wanted to follow what Forrest did. Forrest beat this guy. I was like, man, I got I to gotta make sure I beat him because Forrest beat him, you know? <laughs> and you followed Forrest into the cage and you took his belt. Yeah. <laughs> did you follow him? You followed him already. To, you followed him to his championship belt and took it from him. Absolutely. I had to. I had to, man. That, but I mean, it, it, I'm glad the show's coming back, man. I think that, you know, the, the um, contender series has definitely been a huge proven ground and showing 
a lot of this this recent talent, you know, showing yeah. that they they have a good program for selecting recent talent. But I think there's just something special about the ultimate fighter when you have these guys, you know, in this house. And, and the thing about being in the house is the fact that everybody comes in there thinking that they're badass and they're a star among stars. But slowly and surely, you started to see the guys who really have it on the next level because it's not all about the physicality. It's about the mentality. And you've seen the guys sometimes so phys- physically gifted but just can't hack it mentally. And that's what that show highlights. What's hard mentally for you guys? What, what is the part that, w- w- that both of you guys experienced that was kind of hard mentally? Like what were you not ready for? I think for, for me it was, uh, you know, when you have a hard day, you can usually go home and have a coping mechanism with your family or whatever, how you cope. But when you have a hard day on the MMA, UFC show, the Ultimate Fighter show, you have to go back to the house and your coping mechanisms is the guys who you're going to have to fight eventually. So you end up starting to, you know, open your heart up to guys who you're going to have to fight and, and just having to, you know, not having your normal coping mechanisms, it kind of throws you in a very vulnerable emotional state. Yeah. I mean, I just got engaged when that happened. So, you know, I, you know, I was used to seeing my fiance, who's now my wife, three kids later, you know, she's in the other room, but, uh, you know, so things worked out, but you know, at the time, I don't know. I remember, I think me and Rashad, both of us had a different experience in a sense than other people, if you ask, because we won. <laughs> other people, probably, if they lost and they're staying in that house, it was probably miserable. I remember yeah. that, right, Rashad? Because yeah. I, I got at the time, I got my uh, my iPod back, back when they had those, because you don't hear any music. When we no. were good, oh. we, they sometimes play the music in the van for us. We're like, oh, thanks, boss. We listen. Yeah. Right, Rashad, yeah. right, when we're good, they play the music for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, that, that, that was the part, man. And you, you almost felt like you were in jail at times, but, but it felt like being weird complaining about being in jail when you can order anything you want, any kind of steak or any kind of food you want, you know? No, I, man, I looked at it like a eight week, uh, six-week training camp. And uh, it, at one, I'll tell you right now, from a guy that's seen both ends of it, who lived it, been in the house, and we both came back as coaches too. Rashad, we got a lot yeah, of common. We do. We really do. That's a whole other experience, man. We got our own condo and shit. I uh, know. Like, like I'll tell you right now, there's guys that I'm still close to this day because we went through that experience together. Especially me and Dean Thomas are like fucking really close now. We became close being roommates in that fucking house. You know? Yeah, you you grow real close to people, and it's a bond that you never uh you never end up breaking. You know, me and Keith Jardine are still close to this day. I end up going out to Albuquerque and training with Jacksons because of my relationship with Keith Jardine. Even on that show, I didn't really know too much about MMA at the time. I was very green, and Keith Jardine was coaching me, showing me all the stuff that he was learning from Greg Jackson. So it was crazy that uh you know, that, that he was willing to, to give that much up of himself to help me win. And what's funny about Keith Jardine, uh, Jimmy, is if you look at him, he looks like one of the more scarier guys. Yeah. <laughs> he looks kind of like a, like, a, like he's got that ZZ Top beard. He looks a little crazy. But he's, yeah. the, he's the nicest, softest spoken guy that I think I know. Like, he's such a nice guy. right? Yeah. I don't think I ever met him. And I was driving and I was doing a gig in Albuquerque. And I'm driving somewhere and I'm like, that's Keith Jardine walking. I just knew it was him walking down. Unless there's a bunch of guys that look like him in Albuquerque, uh, which I hope there's not for Albuquerque's sake. But I'm like, that's, that's Jardine just walking down the street. That's the only time I've ever seen him in person was just strolling down the road in Albuquerque. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got a very distinct look. And, and yeah. you know, you see him, he looks just like very intimidating, got this skinhead look. And you would think like, oh man, this guy, you know, he hates people, but... 
just just such a total different opposite than you ever imagined. But that, I mean that that was the whole experience of of what the, the Ultimate Fighter show provided. It offered you a chance to, to get to know so many people from different walks of life and just, you know, totally get a chance to have your just cultural shock in all these different areas. And sometimes people like some some fuckery. Yeah. <laughs> like some, some people doing up a decades and who's spray painting something on the wall. Some people like that shit. They got a little too far with it. They're peeing in fruit salads and stuff. They got a little weird. Yeah. I was in it with all cool dudes. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I know. I know. But these other guys, everybody's trying to make a name for himself the wrong way. But hey, listen, it's good television, man. I'm happy it's coming back. It's, it's coming back in perfect time. I mean, we are in quarantine season, right? So there's nothing better than seeing how these guys are going to be quarantined together in the house and what kind of different dynamics that, you know, this, this whole situation brings to these guys. And Rashad, I can see you doing something with the – do you ever try to take a like a – Take your hand at, uh, at, uh, at acting and whatnot, like Michael Bisping. Like we just said, Keith Jardine. I'm seeing him in lots of shit. Is he acting? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Keith, Jardine. Keith, Keith Jardine's in. I, I was watching a Western the other day. Ah. Great Western. What the hell was it? It, it was such a good movie. I Fistful I'm, of dollars. Why do you got to do that? Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, listen, I'm going to find out the name of it. And I'll tell you, I'll give, not to give it away, but there's this one kid in it who's like a real good shot. So now there's a big scene at the end. This kid's going out. Now you, you're going to see what this kid's made of. Before he kicks open the door. Boom. Gets a dagger right in the He doesn't even get to show anything. Who threw the dagger? Keith Jardine. Keith Jardine. He, he, he's, he's in a lot of big movies, man. Like uh, he, he does a lot, of stint, a lot of stunt work. You know, yeah. he has a look. I, I got to get an agent. I don't really have an agent like that. I would get into some movies. I, I was doing some stuff before. Um, actually, the last movie I did, it was me and Rampage. We did a movie together. And uh, it, it's a Joe Carnahan movie. It's still yet to come out. It's called Boss Level. And him and I, we played German twins in it. And so it Wait, should be. I, yeah, we played German twins. <laughs> I, that's, 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 a, that's unusual. I know it's it's a that very unusual. It's, 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 it's a it's a my German accent. It was all right. I mean, I didn't really have too many lines, but you know, it, it was all right. We um we filmed it a couple years ago, and it just took a while for it to come out. But I think it's going to be coming out with uh, things going to be coming out to um to Netflix or something pretty. Now, soon. have you seen any of your scenes yet? Like, I hate watching myself in scenes. Have you watched yourself? No, I haven't seen it yet. I heard it was pretty good, though. Like, I, I, I hate it, too. I hate it, too. I always feel weird watching myself on TV, but uh, I don't know. They said it turned out pretty good. We'll see. Yeah, Rampage just fought. Uh, he fought Fedor. I don't know exactly how long ago that was, but I watched that recently. I was surprised to see that he's still a uh, uh, Rampage fought Fedor. I'm not being a dick. He looks like he ate Fedor. <laughs> Come on, Rashad. You guys bury the hatchet. Don't hey. jump. No, hey, hey, he, you know, no, he, he, he was big. He, he was big, and he knew it that fight, man. He knew he was big that fight. Yeah, and you guys are cool now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are, we are cool. We are cool. It was, uh, it was surprising too. You know, we just, you just never know how cool you're gonna be with somebody after you go through that much beef with them, like we did. You know, it, it was like beef on site. Like when we did the Ultimate Fighter show together, it was to the point where they had to sit us down and be like, "Listen, guys, I know you guys don't like each other, but we're not gonna be able to film this show." If, if we can't get you guys in the same room at some point. Yeah. No, no. You guys came close to it. Yeah. Shad was this close to him. Let it happen. Yeah, let it happen. Right? I, I see it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking, oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen, Jimmy. And he gets the door and he's breaking it. That oh, was fun. It was yeah, fun. It was great TV. What finally great squashed TV. it? Like, what moment finally was like, yeah, he's okay. 
uh, I don't even remember what it was, man. I think it. I think we just kind of like had a chance run in with each other. But you know, it, up until that point, it was beef on site. Like like when I was in Vegas, there's one time when we almost got in a fight in the club, and then he ended up getting me kicked out of the club. It was crazy, man. It was nuts, man. It, it, it was uh, it, it was a real it, it was um, something for the movies, man. Some stuff goes away with age, though. I think as you get older, like sometimes you're just like ah, like you know what I mean, Rashad. Rashad, you yeah, seem absolutely. a lot more. I don't know if it's the psychedelics or whatever it is, but you seem a lot more like just mellower, like like yeah, like more friendly. Not that you weren't friendly. You were friendly, but there wasn't you were not. I'm not gonna say cocky, but you were a little little tough. Yeah, guy. yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But you're exactly so, but you're you cooler now. Like you're very, you seem very more, much more approachable now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, man. I just kind of, uh, I kind of dropped that the ego that I had. I was a little bit guarded, you know. I was a nice guy, but I was, a, I was, I was a bit guarded, guarded, and felt like I, um, felt like I had a lot to prove myself. But now I just, I just take it at it is what it is, you know. I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't take myself so serious as I once did, you know, and. And then it's helped out a lot, man. It's helped me just be able to to smile smile more and just, you know, enjoy life more. I mean, when you when you're walking around and you're you're taking your life a little bit too serious, life gets a little hard. I get worried with the psychedelics. Like I never listen. I don't, I don't do anything harder than the marijuana. I got, <laughs> but but you know, I kind of live on that. But the thing is, this I got arthritis though, as Jimmy knows. Yeah, I get worried with the other stuff, with the mind opening stuff, because this listen, it might be hard to believe. But there might be some mental illness in my, my family. Yeah. Not my fucking mind. But if I, I'm afraid, if I take some psychedelics, you're gonna get the happy Maddie. It's come some fucking psychopath that's fucking biting people's faces off or something. I don't want to. I don't want to have a psychedelic break, and all because of Rashad. Like, hey, look at it. Help me out. I'm a little mellower. I start chomping on a mushroom, and I'm fucking. <laughs> No, nah, people people think people think that, but it's not like that. Like the reason why I even started doing psychedelics in the first place is because you know I was working on kind of uh, trying to help my brain out. You know, I wanted to have a little bit of neuroplasticity and a little neurogenesis, meaning the fact that I want to regenerate some neuron, some nerves in my in my in my brain a little bit. And the best way to do that is you know with the psychedelics because when you put the when you use the psychedelics, it lights your brain up like a Christmas tree. And in different areas in your brain that wasn't getting any kind of neurological stimulation starts to get neurological stimulation. So then now your brain has to build synapses and connections to the area that was not getting much uh, action before. And that be and that happens because when you we start to think in a certain way and we start to think in a certain way and consistent uh, and con uh, consistently. So that part of our brain just tends to atrophy, not because it's not being used, but when you start to use the psychedelics, it opens your mind up and lights your brain up. And that's what neuroplasticity and neurogenesis start to happen. So you become a little bit smarter, you know? Is it ayahuasca? Is that what it's called? Well, there's ayahuasca. That's the DMT Washington. source, but I'm talking about the psilocybin. The psilocybin is, is really good. If so, say for instance, you spar and you have a brain injury, then you take like some, uh, like I'll, I'll do like some psilocybin, like a microdose with uh, some niacin and some lion's mane. And I'll do that for a couple of weeks to kind of, uh, neurologically bring my, my brain back. Does it make you feel like you're stoned or like, what does it make you feel like? When you do a microdose, it just makes you feel really happy. You, you have to do the right dose. It just kind of makes you feel really happy and it kind of makes you feel connected to yourself in a different kind of way. When you go over that, then you start to have more of like a psycho, the, the psychedelic effects start to take hold. How bad is my landscapers? Do you guys hear that? 
Yeah, yeah, I hear him. I hear him. Jimmy, <laughs> what a shitty time for you to be in a, on the wagon. For yeah, I know, I know. But I, that's what I'm thinking. And it's funny, I've talked to Joe so many times about this stuff, but I just know that it would be a problem if I did it, even though it would probably help. You know, yeah, it, you know, it, it just would it wouldn't work out. Um, you know, you know what we need to do. You know what we need to do. We need to have a circle. Sit down and do a circle, like a circle where we have some psychedelics and we have like a a, a shaman there and everything. And that way, you know, that's that's how you're supposed to do it because that way it's a it's an extremely cathartic event where people come there and you come there with intentions and then you know you voice those intentions with the medicine and. Magic happens. I am yeah. so down for that. Jimmy got excited when you get like, we all got to make a circle. He used to make a circle with his friends doing weird other things. <laughs> well, look, bring the cracker. <laughs> hey, Tanner. Hey, guys. I like the missing tooth. Hey, Tanner, you leave, your you leave that tooth out at weigh-ins for sure. And you smile at him. <laughs> hey, man, I don't have a fake one, so that tooth's always out. That's not uh, – don't have to worry about that. Now, did you used to play hockey, or that happened from the fight game? Yeah, yeah. Actually, that happened uh, at the bar. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, never played, I never played hockey, man. I'm just a poser. He's a poser. Wait, that happened at a bar? You had a bar fight? No. Well, I worked at a bar for like six years, so, yeah, it was just something happened there. Oh, uh, were you a bartender or a bouncer? Bouncer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess that's a natural, natural profession for, I think, uh, oh, no, Jeff Neal was, uh, what was he, Matt? I think Jeff Neal was uh, in Dallas. I think he was bartending. I'm not sure, but my guess, when I, when I look here at Tanner, I would guess bouncer. Yeah. That's my first <laughs> guess. Yeah, I wouldn't pull in that many tips as a bartender, man. I'm not pretty enough. <laughs> I can't see you up anyway shaking your ass, Tanner. No offense. Depends on the bar. But still, I guess, but yeah. Nobody but little Jimmy would be putting money at you. <laughs> So were you were you fighting as you were as you were bouncing? Were you doing those things at the same time? Yeah, that's why I was bouncing so that I could get by uh, fighting. I bounced for six years, I think. You did, and like the the better you got at fighting, and the more you fought, did you all of a sudden become worried about having these confrontations with patrons? Like, because you you know what you're capable of, and they probably don't. Uh, honestly, no. I, I was I'm a really patient guy, and uh, I never I never hit the wrong guy. We'll say it that way. But as, as you started to grow in the sport and people knew you were a fighter, did people, when they go to your bar, like, yo, was this, the, like, did they know, like, watch out for the bouncer he, he fights? Or people yeah. Know? Uh, a lot of guys give you that respect. It, it's a 50-50. So some people are like, oh, man, that, that's that guy who, uh, he's a, he got signed to UFC. You know, I was only in, um, I got signed to UFC, but I never fought yet. And then my bar burned down, so then I didn't work there anymore. But before that, it was a mix. It was, oh, yeah, it's Tanner. He fights. Like, he's cool, though. And people kind of give you the respect. And then the other half of the guys are like, hey, bro, I'm a street fighter. I'd knock that guy the fuck out. You know what I mean? So it's kind of 50-50. Now, what is, the first, what is the first art you got into, Tanner? How did you, how'd you get into this uh, line of work? The first sport I got into? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. the first discipline. Let's say, like, you yeah. start karate. Yeah, no, karate. Yeah. I did karate when I was 11 until I was 19 or 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, what about any other elements of mixed martial arts with jujitsu and wrestling? When did you start combining everything and say, all right, I'm going to try to mix more? Because I'm sure you did the, uh, the karate tournaments. Is that what you did when you were younger? Yeah. So I did a lot of karate tournaments, but the style of karate I did was a uh, point fighting style. So it's not directly applicable. There's definitely elements you could take 
from uh, certain styles of karate and apply them. Like you said, you, you noticed that I probably had some sort of karate background. So clearly there's, there's elements there, but uh, I, I wouldn't say it was like a direct, uh, it doesn't directly translate to real fighting a lot. There are styles that do like Kyokushin, but I was in Shitoryu. So it's, the sparring is, uh, the fighting in it is more of like a, a point style. Uh, besides that, I started doing jujitsu with my old jujitsu coach, my, uh, my late jujitsu coach, Jake Sansom from Bonneville after my uh, first pro fight. So we started, I started practicing grappling, uh, I guess in late 2012, early 2013. You got, you got good footwork on the outside. Like it's very springy, you know, and, uh, you, you dart in there with that, that right hand, almost like a Cobra strike, the overhand, right. Where did that come from? Like. You know, you had that karate background. Where'd you learn how to throw the overhand right and spring in it like, like you do? Uh, well, it's something we practice and we've developed for a long time, but it was always a natural punch that I threw. And I don't know why. Me and my friends would practice it at the gym. You're right. It's not a karate thing at all. Me and my friends would practice it at the gym when Roy Nelson was on his knockout streak throwing overhand rights. And we were just a bunch of dumb kids. And it was just a punch that for some reason I could naturally throw well. So then we've practiced it and refined it and made it uh, obviously lots better, but that was when I started, uh, wanting to throw it. And for some reason, my body is just good at throwing that punch. Why did you take karate when you were 11? Were you fighting a lot or is it just something that appealed to you or were you, were you getting your ass kicked at school or what made you take it when you were a kid? I, one of my friends was in it and I just wanted to do it. I always liked doing uh, kind of extracurricular stuff. I was in soccer as well. Uh, played a little bit of baseball. Uh, no, I was never, I was never getting my ass kicked and actually I was homeschooled. So if I was getting oh. my ass kicked, that would have been pretty, pretty bad on my mom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, did. Where'd you grow up? Uh, in Bonneville, Alberta. So it's a small town about three hours drive from Edmonton. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've spent a decent amount of time in, uh, in Canada and, and you're in, uh, I guess what in Vegas now, right? Yeah. So the mentality is very different. Uh, Canadians are just a, you know, kind of a mellower group, uh, nice people. Well, that's good. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yeah, no, no, but I think Canadians are nice. Can no, Canadians are no, nice. Mellow people. George St. Pierre. It doesn't make a difference when he's kneeing you in the body. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not any less of fighters, but I just mean culturally, they're just, they're just nice people. Jimmy's high on the Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Tanner, you got two knockouts, back-to-back knockouts this summer. What did you change in 2020? Uh, I started doing a lot more strength and conditioning because of COVID. Uh, the gyms were closed, and there wasn't really much I could do in the way of um, grappling or striking with people. So my coach would send me uh, strength and conditioning workouts every day, and I'd hit that hard. So I was always doing lots of conditioning. That was never a, a thing I was in, uh, that was in question for me. And I was doing, obviously, some strength stuff, but not to this degree. So when I was doing dedicated strength and conditioning, like five days a week for three hours, I just saw a big difference in uh, my body's ability to do things, whether that be power or, or even just the way it moved changed in a positive way. Some people think maybe you'd get stiff, but even my like striking got better, which shouldn't make sense, but it did. So I think that was a big part of the difference. Now, people are going to ask, and I want to be the guy to ask it, <laughs> why the mullet? <laughs> I've, just, I've just had it for like my whole life. You turned sideways for a second so I can oh, see yeah. it. There Absolutely. it is. In all its glory. Listen, that shows confidence. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had it my whole life. So Did you? Not Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there was times where I didn't, where I would – 
cut it briefly or change it up. But for the most part, it always came back to this. So I've had this for a, a large majority of my life since I was a kid. So that's yeah, why I get rid of it now. Yeah, and nobody really messed with you because you said you were homeschooled. So nobody's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to it. Unless, of course, yeah, well, your mom, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I went to high school, and I heard it a little bit there, but not much. It wasn't uh, – where I'm from, it's not an overly frowned upon hairstyle like it might be in a lot of places. So. When you went to high school after being homeschooled, was it kind of hard to adjust to all of a sudden going where there's all these students every day? Or how did you get used to that? Uh, it was probably a little bit of an adjustment, but I was always – I was in karate and playing soccer and stuff. I was around other kids, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a huge deal for me. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. And not to come at you with the tough questions, but uh, I also hear that you could open cans with your teeth. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can too. You just don't know it. I can I, do it. When I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. I don't know. But, but I, you, I don't. Is it because of the way you're? you're is it you do it a special way? Or how do you do it? What I do is with the uh, the one tooth here. I just open the tab with it. So I just go under the tab and like, and then I just put it in front and push it back. You know what I'm thinking? I was yeah. thinking of a bottle. That's what they wrote. So that's not as. I'm not being a dick, but that's not oh, as no. a, a pick. Yeah, it, no, I'm it's not. It, it's right it's not. You can. It's not impressive. I could do it when I had two teeth. Uh, you could do the bottle? Not, no, no, no. The bottle, I could only do it. I'm super drunk. I wouldn't try that now. <laughs> yeah, but I was going to say, do you ever, like, you know, you know, you know pick up uh, somebody with that? Say, yeah, oh, let me open that up for you. Click that open. And- <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. I mean, look, I'm taken, but I mean, back in the day, uh, if I was single, I don't think the type of girl you want to take home is going to be impressed by that kind of maneuver. Oh, <laughs> shit. exactly the type of girl I want to take home. <laughs> Matter, I think I found your tooth. Are you wearing it around your neck? What? Am I- <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah, what it's is a that? Bear. It's I a- think I found your tooth. Did you put yeah. it there? Now, what is that around your neck? It's a bear claw. Oh, my, wait. Uh, the bear. My buddy. Claw? Yeah, yeah, it's the black bear claw. So. Is there anything behind that? Is that like a, a lucky charm? Or did you kill that bear? Did you eat that bear? Did no, you my, wrestle that bear? <laughs> I wish. Uh, my, my buddy, Teddy Ash, uh, who fought on the Contender Series last year, uh, he hunts bears, and he made a series of these necklaces kind of for our, our – our team's called the Shaved Bears, so it's appropriate. The Shaved Bears. Now, why the yeah. Shaved Bears? Where, where does that name come from, the Shaved Bears? Have you ever seen what a Shaved Bear looks like? No, Google, I can imagine, Google, but no, I can imagine, Google, but I can it. Google the image, man. They're they're scary as fuck. They're gross, but you know you got to know that they're pissed off about it. And they're gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy. That's the name of your team. <laughs> yeah, it's the name of our team. It's the bears. The bears. You all have bear claws around your neck. Yeah. Jimmy carries a rabbit's foot. Is that bad? I do. Rabbit's foot. That, that's just a good luck thing, right? Oh, it's good luck, Jimmy. Yeah. A rabbit fist. <laughs> it's not. It's not a gang. It's not the the, the rabbit gang, Jimmy. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, what was what was Alberta like growing up? Where, where you're from? Was it quiet? Uh, was it was it? What kind of neighborhood did you grow up? in? What kind of place? Uh, I grew up in Bonneville, so uh, town's about six thousand people. Yeah, I guess it's it's quiet. It was an oil field town, so a lot of people come there for work, uh, working out of town and stuff. Yeah, I spent a lot of summers out at uh, Moose Lake, so a lot of uh, a lot of my life kind of was growing up at uh, Lake Lot, kind of out in the woods a little bit. A lot of mooses over there at Moose Lake? There's, yeah, there's a lot of moose. Now, th- now they have a, they were like... I, <laughs> Does it bother you that Matt said mooses? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me that. <laughs> well, listen, my thing is, I heard that if you go near like a little, like a, one of their 
like a little offspring. A ca- a calf, yeah. They can kill you. Oh, they're huge. I, I don't. Some people think they're maybe a little bit bigger than deer. They're giant animals. Yeah, they they kill you in a hurry. I, now, has anybody I you ever hear of people dying of moose attacks? No, I think it's really rare. Like, I mean, it's happened, but it it's, happened? it's not 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 where I'm from that I can recall. But I know it happens here and there. But you, I don't know you. I guess when they're in the rut, the males can get pretty uh, pretty violent with you, but. Man, uh, I think you kind of go got to go out of your way or have really bad luck. It's not a common thing to get killed by a moose. I, I, this is the thing with that. Like, I'm a sensitive guy, you know. But if I met somebody, this was no one really sucks about dying by a moose. <laughs> this one must really suck. It's not the guy that dies by a moose. I'm sure it's gonna be gonna be over quick. Sure. These poor relatives. Like, let's see the guy. Is, <laughs> the little girl goes to school. Oh, your dad passed. Oh, was oh how was cancer? A drunken driver. No, my daddy got stomped by a moose. You're, you're not going to fucking – what are you going to fucking – how are you going to keep it together if somebody kills you and your father or parent died? Man, you're going to have to go hunt that. You're going to have to hunt that moose down and get – yeah, you, can't, you can't be out here letting moose kill your dad. Oh, um, my God. I don't think it would be quick at all, man. Those things, they just stomp you. That's what they do. They just kind of keep you on the ground and stomp you. I've seen videos of it. It looks horrific. It's bad really? way to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, you see people dying or just getting stomped and somehow surviving? Uh, I don't know if the people in the videos died or not. There was one I watched when I was a kid that I had a VHS tape that was called like when animals attack or something. And oh, yeah. I don't know who's videoing it because that probably would have been before surveillance. And there's a guy getting just stomped by a moose. I don't know if he died after, but yeah, it's you're just trying to get up and you can't. And this giant animal is just clubbing you out with his hoops. Oh my God. I'll never look at Bullwinkle again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it, man. Hey, Tanner. Jimmy loves when I crash and burn. Hey, Tanner, so you're facing Andre Olowski. How do you combat all that experience, man? Like, what are you looking to bring into the fight on Saturday? Yeah, uh, Andre has, a, like, twice as much experience as me. And I, I know I'm kind of new to UFC, but I have a lot of experience myself. So, in, I don't know, in order to combat that, there's – no direct way I'm going to be able to out-experience Arlovsky, who's got like 50, 60 fights. Uh, I think I got to beat him with technique. I got to be sharper than him. And um, I don't think he's slowed down, and I think he still has power. So I don't know who has the definitive advantage in any kind of category. I think me and Arlovsky are a bit similar, honestly. And I think it's just going to be a, a good fight, and hopefully I can uh, – Take uh, get a win, you know, any way I can. Really, is this your first uh, co-main uh, for UFC? Yeah, it's my first time on the main card. Oh, okay. And and is there any difference in uh, I guess the approach that maybe a little bit more pressure just because you're doing more press or there's more attention focused on you? Has that changed anything for you? No, I'm I'm pretty level level headed guy. Uh, there's a little bit more press, yeah. But I mean, my pay went up last fight anyway, so it's like, hey, I'm. <laughs> part of the job now i ain't gonna complain i don't i don't mind it i got nothing else to do i'm sitting in a hotel room uh no i don't think there's additional pressure i guess in the way of more people watching but at the end of the day the people that you you care about wanting to impress are your friends and family and they're gonna watch you whether you're the first fight of the night or the main event so whatever hey and not only that you're coming off back-to-back ko's and like if i was coming back if i was fighting and i was having back-to-back arm locks and I kind of seen a guy that's tough, but he's got arm locked quite a bit. I'd be like, fuck, man, this is going to be a good day in the office, Tanner. You understand? 
Dude, listen to me. What I'm trying to say, if I go through that fucking ZZ Top beard of yours, I'm not going to find any glass. No. There might be some on the other side, but I'm, I'm <laughs> hyping you up. I'm Dude, hyping I know, you up. I know. Listen to me. You're the moose. He's that poor motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I want you to approach this. It's not Andre Yelaski with the fangs. Fuck all that shit. Go get him, Tanner. Get him. Do it for <laughs> your town of 50 people. Do it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, <laughs> I appreciate appreciate the hype up, but you know I gotta. You're right. I, if, if I if I don't, I can't believe the hype on the other side of guys I fight. I can't believe my own either. So I gotta go in there. Yeah, I'm coming off two two knockout wins, but here's the reality: Andre's been to decision uh, like eight or nine times. I think eight times out of the last ten, he's only lost yeah. by knockout in two of those. Uh, there's a big misconception about Arlovsky's chin. He's been knocked out by Rosenstrike in Ganu. Those are his last two knockouts. Those guys knock everybody out. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think his chin's as gone as a lot of people are telling me, and I think I'm in for a good three-round fight, and that's fine by me. I've, I'm no stranger to the judges' decisions either. I have two recent knockouts, and that's all everybody can remember. But before that, everybody's you know saying I'm boring, and I, all I am is a point fighter. So you never know. We'll, maybe we'll see that too. Hey, if I knock him out, great. I, I'm, I'm happy to be out of there in a, as fast as I can, but... If it goes three, five-minute rounds, just know I'm ready for that, too. Tanner, I, lo- I love how humble you are, man. It, re- it, really, it really shows a lot about, you know, just how far uh, you've grown mentality-wise, you know, competing. Um, but, I mean, this is your third fight in 2020. How do you like competing with these new, uh, these new COVID restrictions? Do you feel more focused, being able to separate from everybody, or what? How do you feel? Uh, I mean, it's different, I guess, in the competition. It's different because you got to get some places sooner because of the – the COVID stuff. Um, I don't, it doesn't change a ton to me. Like I'm here to do a job. So I'm here and I got to wear a mask when I leave the hotel and uh, they, they got to swab the back of my throat a couple times a week. You know, no crowd fighting is a little bit different, but it's also something I don't mind. So uh, I don't, I don't think uh, it's, I don't think it's detrimental or beneficial. It's just fine. What about no audience? You don't think that, uh, does that affect you at all? Nobody's yelling out stupid shit. <laughs> You're, You're right. No, fucking heckling you, nice fucking tanners, bothering nobody. Yeah, right? I, I, I deal with that it, shit. You're probably right. You're you're probably right. I know there there's people yelling good stuff and and cheering for you, and there's always people yelling stupid shit. But uh, I haven't experienced a crazy crowd yet. I, I was the very first fight in my debut in Boston, and it wasn't very uh, very full yet. Yeah. And then in Korea, there was a pretty big crowd when I fought Gone. But uh, the Korean, first of all, I don't understand what they're saying. Second yeah. of all, they're, they're a very uh, respectful uh, right. demographic as a whole. So I don't think anybody's out there yelling. You can tell. Nobody's really yelling anything dumb. Uh, and then my, la- my, last two, my last two have been uh, in uh, COVID times. So I haven't experienced the full-scale uh, crowds just yet. But I... Again, I'm pretty good at tuning that stuff out, and I don't think it will affect me either way. Yeah, a lot of people have said, like, bands, I know. A lot of have said they've done certain Asian countries, and culturally, just, they are just more polite. And so you think that they're not enjoying you, but they are, but they're just not making a lot of noise or, or causing a ruckus like they do here. Yeah, there's a lot of places like that. I fought a lot in Eastern Europe, and while they yell stuff, they're definitely encouraging their fighter. They, they really, really want their home guys to win uh, a lot, but they're not really going to yell other sh- uh, like shit at the other guy too much it's more encouragement for their guy 
So, yeah, there's uh, definitely cultural differences between fans from North America, uh, you know, Eastern Europe, Asia. They're all different. Yeah. Brazil can be pretty rough, I hear, too. Oh, I, I hear that. I've never fought in Brazil, but I can imagine fighting a Brazilian in Brazil is no fight. You don't want garbage thrown at you and shit like that. So, yeah. <laughs> Little Jimmy doesn't fight either, but he had to fight his way out of a brothel before. <laughs> no, I fought my way <laughs> And that was after fighting my way in. <laughs> hey, Tanner, look, man, it was, it's good having you on. Come back on again. It's your first time with us. We, we appreciate it. I, I know you're getting ready for a co-main. Um, and good luck against Arlovsky on Saturday. Nice to meet you. Good luck, Tanner. Thanks for having me. He's a really fun guy to watch. That big overhand right. That Roy Nelson overhand right. You wonder if guys get caught up too. Like Roy Nelson, I always thought it kind of hurt because he was a black belt, but he never used his jiu-jitsu. Or he almost never used it. I think they stood him up before. I think he might have been fighting Olaski. Who was he fighting that time that he was having a Kimura on and they stood him up? It was some other event. But Jimmy, Jimmy, you're right though, man. You get caught, you know, having that one hitter quitter. It gets to the point where that's all you want to hit, you know, And, and it can blind you from seeing other things that are like wide open with an alarm flash and you just can't see it because you got your mind set on that one hit or quitter. Henderson was doing that for a while and uh, not to criticize Dan Henderson, but he was doing it, Roy Nelson. And, and I think it was Cormier that, that, that he, he uh, vocalized it. He goes, you just get addicted to the punch. Like it, it feels good to hit somebody. And then that's why he didn't take a uh, steep to the ground or he didn't listen to his corner. Yeah, it, it is. It is addicting. And man, I remember after I caught Chuck Liddell with that punch, uh, I wanted to hit everybody with it, you know, and, and it's weird is because the harder you try to hit it, the more <laughs> the more elusive it is to hit, you know, to find that perfect KO, to find that perfect timing. That's why, you know, you see guys who are just able to hit their their patent move all the time. You know, there's true perfection in that, you know, because it, it takes a while to be able to hit on command. And people know it's coming. It's almost like I, I was such a pussy baseball player that a good fastball pitcher terrified me. And anybody who, who could hit, you know, it's a fucking fastball, idiot. Like, it's such a non-thing. So if you know a big right is coming, for guys on your level, you can just get out of the way. Like, you guys know you can avoid it. For a guy like me, I, I, you know, it terrifies me. But if you have one big punch, people know how to, to avoid that. Some guys take it better than others also. Yeah. You know what I mean? I fought Matt Hughes, and then I fought Frank Trigg. Matt Hughes, I knocked down. I remember they said it was the headbutt, but it was the overhand over. I don't give a fuck what they said. What happened with Frank Trigg? Frank Tr- oh, oh, what? Yeah, what happened with that? Frank Trigg? Yeah. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, I destroyed him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he brings this up often. He always embarrasses me. But <laughs> I, the fight wasn't close, though. No, I, I put him unconscious. So then you get to thinking, man, I touched somebody. They're fucked. So then I fool Chris Lytle. And Chris Lytle could take a hell of a punch and he could give a hell of a punch, which I found out. So, you know, it sucks when you actually hit them with you feel like the same punch that you put people to sleep with. And, and then like, they're yeah. still there. Come and then on. Still there. Like, Come on. Right? You're shy. The guy's still staring at me. Like, oh, this yeah. is there. But anyway, do you guys want to discuss any of the fights before we get out of here? Or? Da, 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 da. I can, yeah. I mean, um, the main event is really interesting to me. I've been wanting to see Santos fight since that, uh, that John. I'm very, very happy he's back. You're a huge fan, but I'm going. Yeah. To- I mean, I, I was, again, I, I, I might probably my favorite thing in MMA is somebody who's kicking somebody else's legs out. I, I just really, really enjoy watching that more than anything. Maybe because I've experienced it once and it's agonizing. Jimmy, I yes. know I have ADD. What the, remember we spoke yesterday. Sure. 
And I mentioned to you that we did not mention Alexander the Great. Oh, Hernandez, yes. Mm. We should give him props because that was a beautiful mm. fight. And uh, he came back after having a loss to uh, Drew Dober. Yeah. He came back and he had an excellent, an excellent first round, just he just destruction. It was a great fight. I, who did he fight again? Where Chris Mocker. Chris yes, Mocker. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because he was on the, the episode before, and I just wanted to point it out because we ended up not mentioning it the other day. So, yeah, so. he looked really good. I was happy for him, too, because, uh, but Drew Dober's a fucking a, a killer. You know. yeah, but, he, but I mean, yeah, he is. He really is. But I'll tell you right now, he looked he looked great, Alexander. Look who's calling me now, guys. Look at this. See what I got to look at? I can't say. It's <laughs> Longo. Longo. It's Longo. Ray Longo. You know what I do that? Look, look, this is what I do all the time. Look, I'm busy. <laughs> all right, Longo? That's a power move. You decline. I just let him know. I'm, 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 I, got, I, got, I got things going on. Hanging out with Rashad, you know, former champion. <laughs> like Jimmy I'm taking Glover Teixeira, Teixeira, and I'm taking him by, uh, by, 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 by second round knockout. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm going to say by third round uh, sub. <laughs> I changed okay. my – he's going to get him down, and then we'll see what happens. Hey, listen, I've been wrong a lot. Me too. I, just like, I like to take guesses, though. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to go with Thiago Santos. Uh, hopefully his knees are good. I, I think that he's going to do damage to Glover's legs, and uh, I'm going to give him a third-round stoppage. I, I think he does enough damage to the legs to slow to Shara down. What does Rashad say? Um, man, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with, uh, with Santos, too. I think that he's just a, a bit fresher, and uh, you know, he still has got a lot of spark in his punches, and he's a bigger guy, and I feel like um, you know, because he's a bigger guy, it's going to be a little bit harder for, for Glover to get him down and keep him down and really be able to utilize that ground pressure that he has. Because uh, I, I do believe that he's, he's going to not want to exchange with Santos, especially when he's fresh, because he knows he, he hits pretty hard. But I think the contention is going to be just trying to get him down and keep him down. I think Santos is going to be able to get up and keep the fight standing and be able to catch uh, Glover on his feet. It depends on how this layoff has affected him and, and how good That's his true. legs are. I'm sure his legs are fine, but I mean, you know, you, you never know until somebody fights how, how good they're, uh, how well they've healed. I said we do the co-main also. Now listen, I was trying to, the point I was saying to Tanner that he's coming off two KOs and I don't care what he says. Olaski's, listen, I feel like he did take some punches since then and it is amazing to me. It feels like, wow, he actually got his chin back. But I think once those lights go out, they're going to be, they go out, it's that much quicker. And I know just the fact that he's coming off a couple of uh, KOs, I think he's going to find his home and he's going to get him. I'm going to say, uh, maybe first round stoppage knockout yeah Arlovsky's on a rough run since losing to Stipe I'm looking at his record back in uh, 2016 he's won a couple of fights had no contest but he's had quite a few losses in the last uh, four years I think I'm going to take Tanner as well uh, but I'm going to take him by decision I, I, I don't think he's going to put Arlovsky away Ooh. I'm going to go with Tanner as well too I think that you know just the, the youth, you know, 28 years old, yeah. having great springy feet uh, and that quick overhand right. And it comes out just like how Cobra strikes. It comes out really, really fast. And it's such a natural punch with natural power. And you don't really see it coming. It hits guys right behind the ear, the gates of consciousness. And I just don't think that uh, Andre Loss is going to be able to take even one of those. So I think that he's going to get him out there kind of early, maybe within maybe the first round. Ooh, okay. I like when two champions agree. 
That's right. <laughs> and Jimmy, that reminds that what Rashad just said, I, I that kind of stuck out. If you were fighting, I could see you as Jimmy the Cobra Norton. I like that. <laughs> the I Cobra. Could see that. Yeah. <laughs> the Cobra Norton. <laughs> All right, Rashad. Listen, guys, I had a blast. I did too. I don't, I don't I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I know I'm not calling Longo right away back. No, I, I wouldn't either. Power yeah. play, make him wait. Rashad, do you have anything to plug, buddy? No, uh, I do not. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> so, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I would Anytime. love to do this again with you guys. I, I enjoy it. The show flows fine. I enjoy it. You can talk how you want to talk. And yeah, I love it, man. I love it, man. Thank this you. It's the guys only place me. you'll find me. Yeah, yeah. I doubt I'll be behind the desk with you. Any, have fun with Karen Bryan and DC and them. Not, I'm not invited anymore. <laughs> they had, the last time was with you. And I'm like, I <laughs> they sent me here with Jimmy. Rashad, man. Hey, dude, we love you, man. I'm sure I'll run into you soon. Yes. Something. Or else we'll have you on here after a fight. We'll do this again. Absolutely. Let's do a post show sometime. Sure. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Okay. And Matt, all take right, care. Take I guess care. we're all done. We're out. All right, guys. Yeah. Enjoy the fights yeah. this weekend. Yes, I'll talk to you next week, Matt. Rashad, good talking to you. Jimmy, the fights are when? Saturday night. Okay. Enjoy. Take Bye, care, guys. guys. Later. Thanks a lot. Later, guys. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.